I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I look over and it's George Michael just screaming, soul. No. And I'm like, hi. And I go over <laughs> and he goes, me and Kenny, we love you. Every Sunday we lie in bed and we just love soul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week, I am joined by Hollyoaks OG, reality TV legend, and the man who, quite frankly, was instrumental in my sexual awakening. It's none other than Paul Denan! Woo! <laughs> Hi, Vicky, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you, Paul. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, and I'm really grateful for you to uh, ask me on here. I felt quite flattered, to be honest. Oh, my God, don't be so silly. Like, we're all so excited to have you. Like, you're my, like, in terms of Hollyoaks, in terms of, like, Love Island and everything, you're my generation, babe. So, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to fangirl you a little bit here, so I hope I don't make anyone feel uncomfortable. <laughs> what, 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 go on. What do you mean? Like, as in, you used to watch Hollyoaks, and I, when I yeah, I mean, honestly, when you started on Hollyoaks, you were Saul Pat, like, you were Saul Patrick. To me, you, Gary, Lucy, like, all that, that's like, th- that yeah. is iconic TV for me. Um, but you were so young when you joined, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was, so I was kind of um, out of drama school at, yeah, about... 19 and then it was only about three months later that I kind of got this call to to go for this audition and I'd been watching Beverly Hills 90210 quite a lot at that point and so I knew about that type of show and then when hearing that they were you know England or uh, the UK were going to do a version um it was like oh that's a good idea you know that could be something i could get on and and but wow wouldn't that be like a you know a miracle to ha- ever happen you know you're straight out of drama school but you kind of you know i think back then i was very confident or i was more confident than i probably am now um and uh well definitely and you know there's just no fear you know you just want to you're just out there you're just knocking on doors and and you just think yeah i'm gonna get this i'm gonna do this and then so yeah luckily there was like this opening for this new family the Patrick family and and yeah to my surprise I I got an audition and there was a lot of people you know they were really like looking for a hell of a lot of people like like going through a lot of people to find the right perfect family and um 
and yeah, it was just yeah, it was a big, it was a big like kind of a stage the way they did it. I mean, I've I've told people a lot the the, the story, so I feel like I'm, but um, but yeah, it was. I didn't hear for like a month. Um, I was on a double decker bus. I my split up with like my one of my first loves, and you know, Aww. I was like, my life's shit. You know, what's going on? <laughs> no, you know, and then and then I got a call saying like, you got to go up to Liverpool tomorrow for this recall. And um, and it was elimination day all day, and people were going and coming, and they kept saying, "No, you stay, you stay." And I was like, "What?" what? <laughs> and, and then you know, to to the end of the day, and then Phil Remond just walks in and goes, "All right, okay, I want you to to you know." And it was kind of like he just wanted some improvisation where we were in the dog in the pond in the pub, and uh-huh. uh, I had been missing. I was get, like, the police were out looking for me, and. And the mum who played my mum was worried out of her mind and I come back and we just went for it, you know. She slaps me, I, I she's crying, I'm crying, everyone's crying, even feels like, oh, like, you know, and, and we just kind of, you know, had a good feeling. And the next yeah. day, Sylvia, my agent, Sylvia Young, was like, pack your bags, you, you got the role, you know. And it's like the change of your life, you know, it's the biggest thing in the world, so. But then Hollyoaks at the time, like, I have no idea about its viewing figures now and I've got to be honest, I don't watch it anymore but back then mate everybody was watching soaps you know this was before reality tv like you must have been getting millions of viewers every night of the week and you're going from complete obscurity a 19 year old lad don't get us wrong best start i tell you i can't school like that's fucking impressive um but yeah you've gone from to that that is an awful lot of pressure did you feel it or were you just having the time of your life um, I I suppose at the time, no, I didn't feel pressure because I was so into my acting. I was so dedicated to my craft that I just knew that this was a chance to to really up it. Obviously, I was nervous because I wanted to do a good job. But the great thing about Hollyoaks is that they were really willing to to let you train kind of thing, you know, to give you that platform to actually train while you were on screen. Almost like an apprenticeship then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I love that. And let you make mistakes and let you know, and obviously because it's not like theatre where you only get one go, they can, you know, uh, yeah, give you a few goes. Like it's not like now where it's digital. Back then it wasn't even digital. It was on tape. So it was annoying if you had to go a good six, seven times. But if you could do it within the first few times, you know, it wasn't on film, so it wasn't costing them a fortune, but it was still enough for for you to know that you've got to do it within the first three takes. And um, there wasn't much rehearsal on camera, really. You know, you know, soaps, they, they, they're like constantly churning scenes out, and, you know, and, you know, it was, it was amazing. It was like the, the real, real training ground because nine scenes a day, pretty much every day. And each scene could be up to from 30 seconds to two minutes long. It's a lot to learn. It's a lot to get your brain used to. But it was such good, good, good training, good practice. And and as you went along, you kind of found the character. I found the character and I found my technical side of things because I was always like um, quite like move about, whereas you've got to stay still because the frame is just like that, you know, like small. And that's what's hard is hitting your mark and, well, you know, and just getting you, you know, and everything. And this is like just the slightest eye movement can mean so much. Um, and, and and that's what's the craft really, you know, stuff that you start to learn. And, and I had never really learned all of that before, but 
it was great. There were some good people there really teaching me and helping me along the way and different directors, different writers. And, and I, I was loving that. I was just loving the whole learning side of things. And, and like, you know, I've got to say big up to Will, Will Mello who took me under his wing and just kind of like, you know, I was like this little bro, you know, and, and, and he showed me the way and, 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 and a few of the other boys definitely. And we just learned from each other. And there was, I was, the only thing I think I was worried about was that they were all going to be like these multi-millionaires really flash with these like you know amazing flipping Bentleys and actually it wasn't like that at all they were just so down to earth and so cool but you perceive you imagine like these you know TV stars to be like really like arrogant and up their own asses, and they weren't they were just lovely and I think that's you know big up to the up north you know because up north <laughs> is a lot more humble isn't it <laughs> Well, I'm a big fan, but then again, I am very biased. But for you then, so 19, Italia Conti, that's good. It's obviously all based down south. Did you have to do a huge move, Paul? Like, did you relocate to the northwest? Was that difficult? Or again, did you find like you developed a family within Hollyoaks? Yeah, I mean, for me, because I never went to uni, for me, it was like going to university, you know. So (laughs) so I was like, mum, I'm off to uni, you know, but instead I was getting paid and I was going to be on the screen four times a week. Like, so it was like a great uni. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of, still a baptism of fire though, Paul. Like, it's obvious hearing you talk, like you think of that period of your life really fondly, but it must have still been a baptism of fire, mate, because I remember like going from obscurity to Geordie Shaw and there was, Nowhere near as many people watching ours. Um, and I still struggled with that transition. Was it hard at all or did you just... Yeah, I mean, it, it was because, especially as the time went on, like, so in the beginning, it was all amazing. It's like, yeah, finally, like, you know, it's like the biggest job of your life, the best thing that could ever happen to you. And, you know, uh, as an actor, it's like, you know, we're always told 90% of actors are out of work. So, like, to be in that yeah. 10% was just overwhelmingly amazing. But I suppose um, as the time went on, I I met a girl and um, a woman and um, she she was amazing. And I met her at Glastonbury and uh, we, you oh, know. All good love stories start at yeah. a festival. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. I'm backstage at Glastow and we're sitting with Vernon after a big night and, um, and, and, and Vernon goes to me, he goes to me, uh, so no, no, no birds. Like what's going on? And I was like, nah, you know, just see what happens. And I was kind of playing the field at the time. And literally I look up and there's this most, it was like Jim and Pam from the doors. It was like, it was just, you know, when you know, and just, <laughs> just this angel was walking towards me and I went, excuse me a second and he was like what are you gonna go I was like yeah and it was just like we were it was like he was like go on son go on and 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 and, and I and I just grabbed her hand and that was it we were together for four years and so we, who was that then her name was Rachel she was she was her amazing her name was Rachel <laughs> her name was Lola um <laughs> But and she just was incredible, and she was there. She was working for Universal uh, uh, Records, and she was there with one of her, her bands, and um, and she was just 
just inc- honestly, it was it was really marvelous. It was it was amazing. That night we went to see Orbital, got off our tits, and we just had the best time. <laughs> and and um, you so know, did and, she and, help then, Paul? Keep you grounded? Did she yeah. provide a real anchor during that really exciting, probably quite scary time? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think she she wasn't into all of that stuff, but it, she had no idea. Like, I remember that the next morning on the Sunday or something, uh, I think Joe Wiley was like, can we do an interview? And I was like, yeah, 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 sure. So she, she was like, oh, well, maybe she wants to interview like, you know, um, festival goers or whatever, right? Also, she so didn't like, even know who you were. No, had no idea. So there, and then, and like, I think Joe or it was Steve Lemack or something was like, yeah, yeah, can you just like stop answering like to her? <laughs> like, <laughs> and 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 I was like, didn't want to say anything because I thought, no, I don't care. Like, I love that she's like this. I caught a on that she obviously didn't realise. So anyway, then I was like, Paul, how are you finding Glasgow? You know, what's, and, and I was whatever. And then at the end of it, she she went, Are you like like what do you do and then I just said oh, I'll just do this show like whatever and, and she, she knew of it but she didn't she just didn't really care and that's what I loved it and that's what I wanted to find is someone that didn't want me for that didn't like me for that didn't just just liked me and it was hard you know it's hard to do well you know you know it's not easy to find someone that just wants you rather than everything else that comes with you that fame that you know and 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 so it was that that even was the clincher for me that was like right she is the one you know (laughs) but that's so obviously you're going through this hugely exciting like very transitional period and then you found this girl and you think like so does she really help you come to terms with everything that was cool she like your safety I suppose when everyone else was like ah it's Paul Denan yeah yeah, and 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 you know, I didn't like it the way people would just talk to me and not her, and like disregard her, and you know all that stuff that's just not nice, is it? Some girls can be really jealous and funny, and and you know, and that did cause a lot of rows, and it wasn't cool. And she was all right with me up in Liverpool like the whole time, but every weekend without fail would come back. And then obviously, the more I fell in love with her, the more we we got close, the more uh, it was it was difficult. And I wanted to be with her. Then when we got engaged everything um it was it was like right okay how long am I going to keep doing this um until I re- and then I realized that you know what I don't think more can happen to this character like he's been through everything maybe it's time that I step down and and play other roles and that's why I went to the producers and asked them I said look I'm gonna go and um I think my addictions were kind of coming into play a little bit then as well and I just felt I didn't know that they were. I just, I felt myself not as happy. And I think I just decided, yeah, I need to change. I, I, you know, there was something that was missing from the spark that I had originally in Hollywood. So I left um, and they weren't happy about it because they, they, you know, I even left before my contract was up to renew um but they said if you really want i said yeah and I, I went straight into doing presenting and with zoe ball and jamie thickson on the the show called the priory which was like a chat show on channel four and i was like this crazy ironic outside. really yeah isn't it <laughs> <laughs> fuck off <laughs> It's I fucking love yeah, you. Really I wouldn't have said that to anyone else. <laughs> no, I know. No, I can take it. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No, so you had a touch, mate. Like, I'm not saying you weren't talented. I'm not saying you weren't gorgeous. Because like I said, I fucking fancied you so much when you're on Hollywood. Wow, I'm very sad about it. Honestly, so much. But and I mean... All teenage girls had posters of you on the wall. Yeah, kind of like this is not oh, just me. Sorry, I don't know. Just like, okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah, loads of women. But there was something about your character, wasn't there? Yeah. Like we all do love a bad boy. Like not so much now. I'm older. I like stability, yes. kindness, all the things we yes. should like. But yeah, when you're younger, there's something about that tortured soul. And Saul Patrick was just that. Do yeah. you think there was an element of life imitating art, or do you think you were always made for that character? or do you think like you put so much of yourself into it Saul became a bit like you exactly no what happened was I I was like wow I would never do these things in real life I can't believe that I'm running from the police and joyriding and smashing into um, cars and homeless and 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 going to younger friends this offenders institutes and like you know being in prison and watching someone hang themselves and talking to heroin addicts and just like and it's funny how my life ended up just like that you know and that's what's so fucked up is because sorry to swear but it's so um it's so mad how usually you think oh yeah i know how to play this because i've been in that situation before and it was the flip it was the opposite all this rage and this anger and everything i wasn't at all like that and i had to learn to be like that or i had to access some sort of side of me that could be like that so i'd be like what would i be like if i was in this situation my mum's not really my mum my stepdad's a police officer and i don't like police um i I don't even know who my father is all this stuff what would i be like in real life if that was the case and that's the way i played the role i kept thinking what would i be like what would i be like if i was homeless what would and then you know it, it all came actually true for me you know and do you think so you've said you were with Rachel and things were going okay but you think it was during your time in Hollyoaks where you started to in retrospect you can see now potentially have some issues with addiction yeah I mean I think I was born an addict but but I was born with uh, you know tendencies of um so it's, it's it's really it's how you word it and it's you know what it doesn't even matter does it whether I was born with it whether I'm not like they, they, like you I was just wired up a little bit different and I think it's 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 that and it's also kind of tuned a little bit differently um to maybe your average person and I think 
I was quite needy and I was quite like anything I liked, I wanted more of. Even as a young kid, I felt a little bit different to other kids. Um, and I felt very fearful when I was younger for some reason, even though I didn't know it. And I think as time went on, I kind of, you know, when I finally was 12, 13 and I found something that might have taken that fear or that edge away that made me feel a little bit more safe or confident, which was weed, I think, was the one really, or maybe, yeah, something like, well, it doesn't matter what the substance is, but something that just took the edge away. That, that, that was when I think... Um, uh, it was like, and I think originally it was probably clothes that took that away a little bit. Like I was into, into, into like clothes, very, very young. Um, you know, really mad how I was like obsessed with like different brands and had to have them. And, you know, and if I wanted, and like my mate played drums and I wanted the best drum kit and, you know, like, it, and this is like six, seven, eight years old. Like, what's that about? Like to play on a... Uh, yeah, but anyway, not really being like, yeah, obsessed with these brands, these look like, you know, different, different brands when I was younger. And, and, um, and anyway, and then, yeah, and then, and then just anything to take me out of me. And I think that's why acting was such a big thing because I don't have to be me, I can be someone else. So I wasn't comfortable with myself. Es- it gave you a chance to escape. You being, being in, Paul's head for a little bit and it allowed you to I don't know get into step into someone else's shoes and alleviate some of the stress yeah so when when shit got a bit not as good when things didn't get as great uh with the the Hollyoaks thing you know and want and Rachel and and being not not with her um as much as I wanted and not seeing my parents as much and and things like that um I think then I was like, oh, I know what fixes this. I know what can help this. I know what shuts this head up. And that would be a substance. And obviously, you know, up in Hollyoaks, well, not obviously, but we all got, you know, nutted all the time. We loved it. Um, but 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 basically, you know, uh, we, we kept it on the... <laughs> we kept it on the... Like, we kept it down, you know. Changed. We held it down when we could. And, and when we had a day off, that was it. So we, the night before, we would have a have a good time. But, um, yeah, I took it... I, took, I started to take it a bit more, like, regularly. And, um, and, and then, yeah, I think that's when the trouble starts. It's very slow, but it's also very progressive. And it's a progressive illness. I think it's really interesting. But first of all, can I just say thank you so much for feeling like you could be that honest. Like, I don't care, like, what stage of your recovery at. Like, I think the way you talk is really authentic and brave. So thank you. No, no, thanks. No worries. Um, But, like, it's really interesting what you say. Like, my dad um, is an addict. um, And I often feel, um, and I've spoken about this, like, in my book, um, on various platforms, that I have a real addictive personality. And, like, it doesn't have to be, you know. Some people think, oh, God, if you say you're an addictive person, you instantly, they go to, like, you mainlining heroin. But it, it comes in loads of forms, doesn't it? And it's like you say, like, for me, if I'm going to go on a night out, like, I want to be the last one standing. Like, that's it. Like, it's not enough that I just have a couple of drinks and say goodbye to my friends. Like, no, no, no. Like, I have to be in some kitchen. That'd be rude. Yeah, yeah. I've got to be in some <laughs> kitchen talking about my childhood at fucking 7am. Like, that's who I have to be. But, like, similarly on the other side of that, if I'm eating healthy, it's not enough that I just, like, oh, increase my fruit and veg intake. Like, I have to be 
counting how many blueberries are on my porridge and training three times. Like it's hard to break that obsessive and addictive cycle, whatever it's in. So it makes sense to me that even though yours progressed or whatever, it did start with something small, like having to have certain clothes or having to have whatever. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, Paul. Yeah, and that's and it's really good that you point that out because actually it can be anything and it doesn't want to leave me alone. It's like I always say, like, you know, when you go to the fun fair and you knock those things down, they pop back up. Whack-a-moles. Whack-a-moles. <laughs> Fucking life of whack-a-mole, I swear. My, the whack-a-moles follow me everywhere. And one gets sorted and goes that down, but another one pops back up. And it's in so many different areas because it's like, it's like the shadow doesn't want to go away. You know, the light's there, but these shadows, they're just so strong. And that's the addict, the devil, whatever you want to call it. It just, just wants me dead man it wants me done and it's constant fight and it's only through doing a lot of work in therapy and in rehabs and with counselors and and different people that I absolutely adore and have helped me so much that I'm able to look back and work out the puzzle and look at where it started and nine times out of ten it starts at childhood and it's all to do with childhood trauma everything is and, you know, uh, 90% of addicts have had some sort of abuse and 99% of addicts have had some sort of trauma in their life. Now, you think the word trauma means it's got to be like, you know, some building crashed on you or you got raped by some horrible man. That doesn't have to be trauma. Just can be just your parents rowing. Yeah, it can, it can literally be like from, oh, you know, nearly getting run over or like a car, you know, just stopping right by you, like, like you know, uh, suddenly or like a friend dying or, 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 or someone shouting at you when you were young and you don't know why or swearing at you and you it just stays with you. There's those little traumas can really affect a person or a child uh, if they're not nurtured in the right way and they're not kind of dealt with or like it's it's a lot to do with the parents man and I don't blame my parents at all because their parents obviously didn't tell them how to talk to they didn't talk with their parents and I didn't like you know when you know like it's a shame when we don't talk with our mum and dad about what's going on with our feelings because they never had it done to them by theirs and that's why the cycle has to be broken that's why with my little one I'm always like how are you doing babe how are you feeling <laughs> should we have a little chat you know Aww. and all of that and and he's like nah. you know <laughs> <laughs> fuck off dad. <laughs> dad you're just more of a child than me you know and I am but like, he's the adult to be honest he's only six but it's 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 you know I just try now to 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 constantly tell him how much I love him and 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 I'm not saying they didn't say that to me they did but no. my not my dad's you know he never really did loads but now he does but it's funny like we need it when we're young you know yeah I think it's really interesting and based on like conversations I've had with like friends and therapists I mean life coach and everything right Paul like our parents like their generation they did the best for us with the tools they were given they back in 
whatever year that you know the, the years they were raised the 50s the 60s whatever it was they didn't have like open discussion like we do they didn't have like the podcasts to listen to to improve they didn't have self-help books there wasn't therapists there wasn't life coaches it, it wasn't any of those things and sp- certainly men did not openly discuss their feelings so we are a direct product of how we were raised completely but the people who raised were just didn't have the privilege we have to be these evolved people so I think you like I you know you can get frustrated that you know your mom and dad didn't understand the things that we have a grasp on now but also you've got to just realize like god they really did do the best with the tools they were given yeah they really did and that's why I adore them they're still together to this day they are and more in love than I've ever seen honestly that's so nice yeah it's it's phenomenal and I just think to myself wow if I could just have a little bit of what they you know and and uh, yeah so you're right you're 100% right and there is no blame there's no all we can do is do our bit and and actually you know yeah make sure that because that's the thing a lot of people are going to say oh it's because of that and it's because of that well it's not it, it might be but holding on to that is not serving me at all I need to just do what I've got and, and own my part clean my side of the street and make sure everything I do is is as good as best as I can do like they did the best they could with exactly. what they had and that's it and there's no, you know, there's no, what's, how's it going to help to blame about the past? You know, it's uh, it's not. You can work it out and understand it, yeah. but acceptance is the key, right? And also learning from it. Like there will be huge like moments in your past where you think like, God, I wish that I dealt with that differently or I wish someone had helped me there. And all you have to take away from that is like, oh, that is a parent. That is the type of parent I do want to be or that is the type of parent I don't. Like listen in how you talk to your son, you know, like you want to be a more emotive father. You want to be more emotionally available. And I think that is a huge progressive step in the right direction. Like I think more sunlight, more candor, more honesty surrounding feelings and mental health and all of those things, they can only help a person's development. Mm, mm. And that's it. And it's like, even though, and I know what you were trying to get at before with the Hollyoaks thing and that, you know, yeah, they could have helped me. They could have definitely been more, um, you know, uh, guided me, uh, made me understand what it's like to be famous, to, to have money, to, 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 to be around, drink drugs, you know, on screen every night. And there was none of that, you know, and I think maybe they just didn't know that they had to or that it was going to be like it is today. But I tell you what, there's a lot of people that have been affected by, especially me, um, that non-commit, that... A lack of duty of care. Yeah, that lack of health and well-being. And like, but today it can be different. And that's what I'm about. I'm about kind of like really hoping or not just hoping doing and mm-hmm. making sure in any way I can um by a documentary or by something um to 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 see the work that these companies are doing now for their up-and-coming artists that become you know huge like look at Emma Raducanu I mean man if she hasn't got the right people behind her 
it's going to be, you know, God forbid something, it, it could go terrible, like with the Mike Tyson, like with, you know, a lot of people. Look at Drew Barrymore, man. Like, you know, there's just so many examples. And we just, you know, I was sad. I don't want to see another Caroline. I don't want to see it. You know, like we, people have to be guided in the right way so they feel they can ask for help no matter what it is. And I know it's easier said than done, but I just think, especially if people that, you know, in reality, I've never been famous before and they get it really quickly. It's so important that they're ready for it to go away as well. And they're yeah. also ready for what comes with it. And they're just given some real direction and some, but a professional, someone that's been through it or a professional, just someone, you know, and I think mentors are really important. So this, yeah. So like I was like, oh man, if they would have done this more for me or if they, but, well, no, I was never like that. It was only when I realized it and I worked it out and I thought, yeah, maybe it would have been different, but it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I survived it. I'm here to tell the story and maybe, um, yeah, it needed to happen for, for, for me to do something about it now, like for others. I think it's a very positive way of looking at it. We can't change the past. And I do think there are huge, like TV companies, channels, studios in general are making like big steps towards like changing and having better of like duty of care and making sure certain services are available for their talent and contributors. But I agree, like it's a real shame it wasn't there sooner and there had to be so many people fall prey. until real change came about Paul I absolutely love you I can't wait to talk to you more as a big reality TV fan I am dying to get my teeth into that in part two will you come back I just really need to go for a wee first yeah yeah go for it I'll come back When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.